James chapter 1. The Bible says, James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. In this epistle that we are reading, we are writing to a church that is having opposition. And I'm going to tell you right now that there's, there needs to be a firm understanding that sometimes opposition comes and we reject it, we push it away. There are so many things that God wants to do in our life. We never experience the blessing of God because we're not willing to embrace it. We're not willing to say, hey, this is of God. And here we say it. Sometimes we are the biggest hypocrites in the world because we're willing to stand back and say God is able, God is good, God is faithful, God is in control. But when God steps up to say, I want to prove that in your life, you say, not me. I'm being honest. When God wants to prove his greatness, his goodness, and his faithful to us, we are quick to put him aside and say, God, prove it to somebody else. Can you imagine missing out on what God did through Moses and Abraham and Isaac and all that? Can you imagine what all that God wanted to do through them if they would have pushed it inside and said, God, not me? With God's help, and I mean that with all of my heart tonight, <laughs> with, God's heart, with God's help tonight, I, I want to lead you through the next two verses. And I want you guys to see, not, and, I, and thank God I did not have a normal outline. My outline tonight is breaking down the individual words, and they'll be up on the screen, to show you what God was saying. God wants to do big things. God is not through working through Christians, working through churches, and working through ministries. And I've said this so many times. We'll look back on history and say, man, I wish we could go back to the day where the tent revivals were breaking out and all these great things were happening. We serve the same God that they did. Amen. We have the same power. We have the same word. We have the same Holy Spirit. You say, but we live in such an apathetic, different day and age. That's all the more reason that we should be living on the promises of God. It's not time to set them aside. It's time to embrace them. In this passage right here that oftentimes we misinterpret, God is calling us to embrace, to embrace the promises of God. This is what he said. My brethren, my brothers and sisters, those that are saved, those that are sitting in church, counted all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. The trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Wanting nothing. Let's pray. God, as we walk through this passage... I'm asking, Lord, that you will give us, Lord, just an understanding of your word. Lord, I know that we read it, and I know that many of us that come here faithfully to church, we know it. But Lord, if we were truly to embrace it, to act it out in the walk and what we're about to read, it would absolutely change our lives. Lord, I thank you for loving us, and I thank you, Lord, for being good to us. Lord, just help us to study tonight and to hear from you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. L let, me, let me tell you how, how this is. I started reading, and I asked God, I said, Lord, I, I want to, on Sunday nights, I want to I walk through 
Lord a, a book of the Bible. And I, on Wednesday nights, we've been going through the book of Galatians. And I asked the Lord when I got to this, and, and, and I just want to give you guys practical information, lessons for life, everyday life. And today, we're, I'm just taking it from the top to bottom. We're going to go from chapter to chapter. Just when it's my opportunity to preach on Sunday night, this is where we're going to go into. The Bible is filled with information and things and telling us how to live and what to do and what to do when you hit difficult times and why we hit difficult times. But notice verse 2, he's in my brother, encounter all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. A lot of you might already have this marked in your Bible and you sit there and a lot of times we think of temptations of something that we're going to get into that's going to try to pull us away. You know what, when you think of temptation, run, flee from temptation, the Bible says that. But this word right here, understanding the word temptation, means trials, sickness, obstacles, financial difficulties, relationships, difficulties that come in your life, complications, disappointments that God throws in your life. Then he says, count it all joy, and I say, no thank you. Some of you sit there and say, well, I count it all joy when God throws a trial in my life. You say, you're crazy. None of us do. I, 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 I'm sitting there saying, Lord, there's no way I want to see my child sick. There's no way that I want to be diagnosed with something. There's no way. Lord, I am not asking for it. Count it all joy when you fall into these things. The Bible says in here, when you fall into diverse, that word diverse means various in nature. They are not the same. As we sit in church from day to day, let me tell you that everybody in here is going through something or facing something, and it is different than what you are. And you sit back and say, God, why do you pick on me? Why do they have it so good? They don't struggle with money, and they have it all together. You have no idea what they're going through. Because the thing is, our problems are different. He said diverse, different. They will be different for each one of us. But the thing is, God's going to use them. He said, count it all joy. The word count means to view it as, to judge it upon. Look at it from spiritual eyes of what God is trying to say to you. If you dare look at it from your fleshly eyes, you will not understand what God is trying to do. Let me put it like this. God has blessed me with three kids. And I'll tell you, my kids sometimes think that the only joy that I have in life is pulling their joy away. Do your schoolwork. We're going to bed early tonight, guys. We're sitting down at dinner and say, guys, I want you all to take another spoon of vegetables. I want, uh, you know, and I'm sitting there and by the end of the day, they're just like, dad, everything good and everything. I, I don't understand. Go brush your teeth. Go make your bed. Go do this. Go do that. All this time, you know the things that I am doing, all those things that I listed for any adult going to say, yes, that's great. Why? Because I'm putting into their life things that they might not understand right now. I'm putting them through trials, obligations, things that are pulling away their fun, but the end result of those things is going to make them better. The question is, do my kids trust me enough to know? Do they obey me? To follow, to know that what I'm doing is for their best interest. To trust and obey. And we sit there with God and we say, Lord, all these things are not working out. You have to take it from the perspective to judge it, to view it upon, to count it joy or good that God knows what he is doing. Guys, a lot of us are total hypocrites. I'm just being honest. 
We are hypocrites. If we could be honest and transparent before God today, we would have to admit that we are hypocrites. Because oftentimes I say that God is in control. I could say that on Sunday morning and say, my God is in control. And the whole church would say, amen. But the minute something falls apart in my eyes, I turn back and say, God, what have you done? Is God still in control even though that trial comes into your life? Is God still in control although we get a bad report or things are not working? Is God still in control? Yes. But it just depends on the angle that you're looking at. Count, view it as blessing or the fact that God loves you when you fall into various different trials or obligations or upsets that come into your life. God will deliberately disrupt the groove in your life to prove that he wants to use you to do more. We keep going. We get into the next verse. And as we read into this, we see that, my brother, encountering all joy, we can fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this. Stopping. Pause for a minute. Stop, guys. Knowing this. That the trying of your faith worketh patience. He said, yes, trials are going to come, but knowing this, and he gives a reason for it, that the trying of your faith, the trials that come into your faith work with patience. Yes, they're going to come, but the word trying right there means the testing or the application. It means putting your faith in action. God will bring you to a point in your life where he makes you put what you know into action. He will bring you to the point in your life where he says, now you have to live it. He say, let me tell you about my God, the trying of your faith. Let me talk about our faith. It's what you believe in. That's what our faith is. What do you believe in? You're going to say, well, I believe that my God, this is what I believe. This is my faith. My God can do anything. And everybody say, Amen. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. And the whole church would say, Amen. I would say that my God is the master physician. There is no sickness or illness that we'll ever face that my God cannot handle. And everybody would say, Amen. God says, What if I put those things to the test? What if you actually had to pull those things out and apply them to your life? Because it's not the knowing, it's the trying, it's the application, it's putting it to the test. I had a youth pastor, and I remember I grew up in Alabama. You have to keep that in mind. <laughs> he drove a big truck. And I, I can't remember if I've ever shared this story before. Dave will remember this. He drove this big truck. You guys know guys with big trucks. They're always bragging about their truck. My truck's got, you know, so many horsepower, and it's got this, and jack up the tires, and, you know, all those things that guys do, and they brag on the... Uh, you know, just the, the engine, the power, the force and everything. And, and he was always talking smack about his truck. And, and it, was, it, was, it was a pretty cool car. And uh, we, we went out one, one day, and I can't even remember why we were out. And we, he was taking us through these back paths, these back ways uh, of the woods. And we came down this back path, and we're going down through the woods. And ahead of us, because it rained really hard, all there was was a giant mud pit that went out in front of us. And this whole area filled up. He starts putting in reverse and everything. I said, this truck can do it. And man, I don't know. 
See, here's the thing. We talk all the time about this truck is awesome. This truck is able. This truck can do anything. It's powerful. And it's got this and it's got that. My tires are this size and everything. Now, if we really believe that, let's do this thing. You say, well, that's great. You realize that God pushes us to places in our lives where we come upon that sickness or we drive upon that obstacle or that frustration or whatever it is because God says step back you you drive that car you walk by faith you brag on me now let's see it you think God can do anything let's show him God craves desires to want to show his glory in your life not just have you talk about the glory of God God wants to prove that he is not just able and I I am very convicted over this too often we turn around and we say this we say My God is able. We sing, my God is able. I'm not saying that's bad. We should. It is, because my God is able. But I almost think that we say that too much. My God God has more than just great potential. You think about that. If if it ever came down to it, my God could do big things. And God's sitting back there, and I do big things. It's not that I'm just capable of doing big things. I have a record of doing big things. See, it's not just about what God is capable of doing. He doesn't want to just true prove to you that he is able to do it. He wants to prove to you that he will do it, and he has done it, and he will continue to do it in your life. God brings us to that mud pit in our life and says, are you going to stop and get out, or are you going to move forward? We backed that sucker up. We pulled that thing back. We got out of the car, and we went over. We took sticks and went down through it. And I'm sorry, we were measuring to see it, and he's trying to see if it would dog out his, uh, his uh, exhaust system and everything, and what we were doing and everything, and we, we figured it out. And we just put that thing in low gear, he backed up, and we just went crazy, mud's flying up on the windshield. Um, and we were just like, we didn't care. I mean, if he lost the transmission, that's just a story for us to tell. <laughs> we were teenagers. We did not care, but it was cool. And I tell you, we got through that thing, and we were like, yes, and we mud all over. I mean, for a redneck boy, that's like big stuff, okay? Some have college degrees on their walls. Some have big muddy tires. They're just everybody's different. But it was standing back and saying, you know what? It's no longer stories about what that truck was capable of doing. Let me tell you a story about how we came upon a situation, and we drove straight through it. Do you understand that you're trying the testing of what you believe in worketh patience? The word patience right there is talking about endurance or strength. A lot of times when you think about patience, don't pray for patience. He'll, he'll give it to you. You know what patience is? The ability or the stamina to keep going. It, it's not just a matter of enduring when, when you have to sit there and you have to wait two weeks for that thing that you order. You can't wait to get in the mail. You're saying, you better wait. You have to be patient. It's not just about waiting. God is talking about patience, the, the, the endurance or the, to be able to continue, to be able to have the strength to stand in what you know and believe. And the way that you stand in what you believe is for God to prove that it is true and it is right and that it works. My faith in God works when it is applied to my life. And I can't explain it the same way that my kids don't fully understand me making them eat broccoli, making them go to bed early, making them do schoolwork, making them do a lot of the chores around the house. They don't get it, 
But all they have to do is consider or make sure that they observe, to count it, to view it from the perspective that I love my dad and he knows what's best for me. And the end result of that is, it's going to give them the strength, the endurance to keep going even after they leave my house. See, the thing is, God is working in all of our lives. God has not stopped working on you. And too often we whip out and say, go to other people and we'll say, hey, I know you found out that test result, but let me tell you, God is able. God will get you through. God's the master healer. You remember, God, let's pray right now. God, we know you are the master, that you can do this. But I've just realized that God will bring you through those things to the next time and say, God, you have done miracles in my life. You've healed when they said that there's no hope. You've brought victory, Lord, when things were falling apart. God, I know that you will because you have. God doesn't want to be just a God that's able. He wants to be a God that is victorious and a proven record of it in your living testimony. It goes on and it says, the word worketh. That word means to accomplish, to cause, to work out. You see, God is going to work you, to push you, to show to you. He's going to build up in you. I was being honest, you guys know that I've kind of shared the story as me and Jen have gone through the purchase of our house. The whole thing was a miracle, how we sold our last house. It was a miracle of how we found this house. It was a miracle how God got us into this house, how God provided every little detail. And I could, I could tell you 25 stories. Now I'm at the next one. And uh, we, we were sitting there, and, and uh, I, I told Jen, I said, we've, we've got to get on the outside of this house and work this out. I, we, we tore off a porch, and we are missing siding on the side of the house. Uh, the windows are very old and, and messed up, and the, the wind was blowing and moving our shades. And I'm like, that's not a good thing when winter comes. And so, so I was telling Jen, I said, I, I don't know where to start. I don't know, you know, and me and Brother Kaler have been researching this, and he's been trying to help me, and, and I said, I, I want to make sure that I measure these windows and make sure that they fit right, and, and I had to find the siding, and then I, I, I need 19 foot of gutter for the outside because I don't want the water dripping off and causing ice. So, so I had all these things, and one day I told Jen, I said, I'm just going to go out, and I'm going to drive, and I'm going to see, go to these places and ask what to do. I said, what's your point? Get in the car, and I'm driving. And I said, God, you have done so much for me already. I said, God, you have, you have provided, you have opened the door, you have, I, I'm just blown away at what God has done. I drive up into this place that I ordered the siding, and I walk in, and the guy said, I hate to tell you this, you special order the siding, it's not in. He said, but I, I, to apologize for what it is, we're going to deliver it to your house on Monday, we're going to pay for it, and we're going to pay for the delivery fee, and I'm thinking, well, that's awesome. God never makes mistakes. If we would just get that in our mind, that God does not make mistakes. He never makes mistakes. Even when I'm going, Lord, why? I need this. It doesn't make sense. The guy sitting at the counter, and I said, well, while I'm standing here and they're looking for my order, can I ask you a question? I, I've got these windows, and I, I don't want to order the wrong ones. And I know you guys sell windows. I don't know what to do. He says, well, where do you live? I said, I, I live out near Canal. And he goes, that's cool. I go to church at crossroads out there. I said, you do? I said, do you know Rick? He said, I love Rick. I said, I love Rick. And we had this Christian bond that just started happening right there. And he said, what are you doing Monday? I said, well, I'm working. He said, what about after work? He said, could I come by your house and measure up your windows for you? I'm like, yes, you can. 
Yes, you can. Why, now, this is why they are ordering my free siding for the side of my house. This dude now, through just connections of God, blessing me through my friendship, is now showing up to do this. I drive to the next place. Mike Priest said, go to this place. They have gutter. So I was like, I need this 19-foot of gutter. I'm thinking, how? I, I, I'm in a minivan. How do you get 19-foot of gutter to your house in a minivan? So I drive up there. I go in there. And he goes, he says, sir, this isn't going to work anyways because uh, our gutter truck's not here. And I'm like, oh, stink. And he says, we can't make the 19-foot piece, and you have no way to get it to your house. I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, 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 and I'm just thinking, Lord, you said. The lady says, well, where do you live? And I said, and Canal? And she goes, we've got a truck that's going to be out there Monday. What if I just have them deliver it for free? I'm like, Okay. <laughs> I should have just swung in a bank just to see what happens. You know what I'm saying? Just walk into a bank and just, just to see what happens. Everything on my list, God not only worked out, he dropped off at my house. You say, why? Because Father knows best. He makes no mistakes. And I get to a difficulty in my life, and I still have some difficulties. But you know what? After I've accomplished these difficulties, he's proven to me that he'll help me with these difficulties. And by the way, when he does do that, he does that so that I can brag about these difficulties to other people that they can find the confidence in my God as well. The trying, the testing of what you believe in and say all of your Christian life, God said, I will use that to accomplish patience, endurance, strengthening your life to make you better than who you are. It's not to make you miserable. It's not because he doesn't love you. It's not because he's picking on you. It is because he loves you and he has what's best for you. Then we get to the last verse. And this is cool. And he says, but... Let, we know that, let, allow, patience, the working, the endurance, the strength of God to have her perfect work. He says, let God build you up. Don't push it away. Don't shake your fist at God every time. No, don't, don't say, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. God, God said, oh, man, he still doesn't got it. He still has not gotten. I, I put that obstacle, I put that mud pit in your way on purpose. Just put it in overdrive and show, let me prove to you that I can do. Allow the trials in your life to work that Ye may be perfect. The word perfect means complete. Not missing what you need. And entire. He said if you would just allow God. Don't get mad. Don't get angry. Don't shake your fists at God. Don't push it away. Don't get discouraged. Not the slamming the bills on. Here we go again. God's going wow. This is my child. This is the one that says that I can do anything. This is the one that last Sunday said God is able, God is able. This is the one that said my God is awesome. What am I now? When in the world did I get dethroned? When in the world did I lose everything that you've said all this time? What happened to that? 
Rather than saying, honey, I, I have no idea. But I know that God doesn't make mistakes. And I know he just must have something through this to teach me and help me through this. And then we get to the last two words. Every word counts. Wanting nothing. Do you know what those words mean? Needing nothing. Absent of nothing. Trials help us experience the fullness of God. You will never, ever experience, live the grace, the all-sufficiency, the, 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 the fact that God is able to provide. He is all these things. You will never experience these things. And let me say that wanting nothing happens on this side of the mud pit. You know why the church is filled with a bunch of crying babies? And I mean that. Oh, God, oh, I don't know. Because he says, you've never built yourself up. You've never strengthened those little baby muscles in your legs. You've never strengthened all that that you have. You just fall down and cry and kick your legs every time you hit a trial or an obstacle or frustration. You push it away rather than saying, God, help me, strengthen me. Help me, Lord, to go through this. And the end result is we will be complete. We will have, be filled with the fullness of God, experience the miracles of God, be able to walk around and saying and bragging on, on all that God is. Trials, different kind of trials are headed your way. Some of you are in them. Some of them, you are coming out of them. Some of you are, are about to approach them. But here's the thing. There are often times in our life where we just rebel. We do our own thing. We reap what we sow and trials come into our life. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about over here as walking along as Christian. God drops something in your lap and says, I'm about to stretch your muscles. I'm about to teach you something. Don't back off. Embrace what it is.